everyone. Welcome to Bible Quest. This is the Tuesday edition where we get a chance to talk with you about the Bible and its relevance for today, every Tuesday at 2. My name is Justin Dobbs. And let me invite you to interact with us live online if you can. You can join us on YouTube. We'll be watching the chat throughout today's discussion. Love to get your input and questions as we go through this. Uh, or if you just want to visit us at BibleQuest.tv, uh, we want to talk about your questions and concerns and your journey to know the Lord and His Word. So if you have questions or suggestions for future studies, uh, we'll be looking at that. We'll be glad to talk with you about that. Today we have with us Scott Smelser. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing well, Justin. How are you? I'm doing doing well, thank God. It's been a been a full day already. Uh, and then in a moment, we may have uh, Jeremy DeHutt join us here. He's had some trouble connecting. Uh, look forward to having him on in a second. Um, Scott, we've had some um, some questions about how to have first time studies with folks. So maybe you've got a new contact uh, and someone has agreed to study the Bible with you. That's that's great. You know, it's exciting. Sometimes that's hard enough as it is. You find someone, um, but then you go, okay, where do I start? Where do I begin? Uh, and there's some, some. I mean, if a person's heart is right, maybe in some sense, it doesn't matter where you start, uh, but there may be some better places to begin than others. You've had lots of experience with this sort of thing. What, what are your suggestions? Yeah, and, and I'll offer some of those, but I'd like to invite the audience also uh, a lot of our audience, and most most of our audience, mm -hmm. listens to it on the po podcast instead of live. So mm -hmm. most of you are going to hear this afterwards. Won't be able to do this. But if you're listening now, uh, if you grew up and your parents were Christians, and you grew up being taught by your parents and, and being familiar with the gospel before you made your commitment to Christ, we know kind of how you learned that. But if you didn't. I'd be interested in your book study. You know, what happened? What what did you go over? What struck you? What got your attention? I think that would be really valuable if we had some stories like that coming in. Uh, so please submit that in. And uh, Justin, you want to remind them how they can do that? Yeah, you can go to BibleQuest.tv or you can join us uh, at YouTube. You just search in the search bar, BibleQuest. And we'll be the ones that are going live right now. So you can join us on Bible Quest uh, on YouTube. And even if it's after we're live, you can still leave your comments and we'll be perusing that, making sure we answer your questions. So for first studies, um, I would like to call attention to Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 17, and Acts chapter 8. Uh, because you start at different places depending on who you're talking to. So in Acts 13, it's Antioch of Pisidia. Uh, Paul's got there on the Sabbath day. He's, he's rabbinically trained. He's a Jew. Uh, he's from out of town. And they say, brothers, if you have any exhortation, say on. So Justin, how would you describe his sermon there in the second half of Acts 13? It's like he came ready for this. I mean, if you have any words of encouragement, and he's like, oh, boy, do I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he just, he walks them through their own history. He's talking their language. And so he just starts choosing pieces throughout what the Jews would have considered very uh, familiar Bible stories. But he makes a quick, uh, a quick leap then to the very specific point about Jesus. 
and getting them to see who Jesus is through those stories. Um, so yeah, it's it's familiar territory for anybody who is uh, well acquainted with the scriptures. Yeah, so he, I think one of the biggest principles is start at the beginning. The beginning doesn't mean you start in Genesis 1-1. You start at the beginning where the person you're talking to is. Yes. To Jews, so he begins with their common Jewish history. You know, Abraham, Moses, etc. And it comes up to John the Baptist, comes up to Jesus, preaches Christ. Now, Acts chapter 17. Mm, very um, different. Yeah. In the synagogue, very much the same at Thessalonica and Berea. But when he gets to Mars Hill, who's his audience? Uh, idolaters and or uh, philosophers and just, just the modern man. Yeah, Greeks. And so where, where we had him quoting Hebrew scripture back in Acts 13, how many Hebrew scriptures, now there might have been some parts of what he said that Luke doesn't include, but based on what we have here, how many Hebrew scriptures does he quote? Yeah, no, no direct references. Why? Why on earth would an apostle not quote the scripture? You know, uh, these people didn't know the scripture. So they would say, okay, what, what use is that? But also it's interesting to me, Jesus would sometimes teach and not quote scripture at all. Oftentimes he would. You know, uh, the scripture cannot be broken, he says, but sometimes he's just teaching by illustration so that people get it. With the woman at the well, he started with water. Perfect. And then as the conversation goes along, he says, well, we, I think it's a pretty funny conversation. We won't get off into that. But um, you, you start where people are at. Yes. So if you, if you decide, I'm going to do personal evangelism, and here's my verse. I'm going to start with this first. Then I'm going to go to this one. Then I'm going to go to this one. Then I'm going to go to this one. And that might help somebody. Really might. There's probably been a number of people brought to the Lord that way. But there's a reason why Paul didn't preach the Mars Hill sermon at the synagogue. Right. And there's a reason he didn't preach the synagogue sermon at Mars Hill. They're, still, they're at different beginning points. Yeah. And, and it, I'll tell you, at first, if if you're not comfortable teaching people the Bible yet, one-on-one -on -one studies, that may sound kind of daunting. You're saying there's no like uh, exact curriculum to take someone through, or there's there's no exact blueprint for a Bible study, and that might go, okay, well then what? Where do I begin? Yeah. Um, so th it's good to know though that I have freedom. Yes. So that, that means that I can be adaptable and yes. I can begin to approach this person. So maybe the first thing to do, what, what I always encourage people to do and what I try to do myself is a lot of times uh, that first study with someone, I try to let them do a lot of talking. That's good. I, I, I really want them to share their experience with the Bible. And so I might start with a question and just say, but before we jump in uh, to something from God's word, let's, uh, first of all, let's pray together. Uh, but then could you tell me, you know, what's your experience with reading God's word? You know, have you gone to church before? Uh, and so I might be talking with someone who is a dyed-in-the-wool Baptist, 
or I might be talking to someone who uh, came in and out of Mormonism, came in and out of Jehovah's Witnesses. They used to be Catholic and they kept looking and looking and looking, and they are on the verge of quitting this idea of following Jesus at all. So my approach, if I'm gonna approach them thoughtfully, I have to hear where they are. And if they say I'm Baptist, then that may not mean that they believe everything that certain Baptist teachers would believe. Baptist? Are they Seventh-day Baptist? Are they uh, Free Will Baptist? Are they Southern Baptist? Yeah, it makes a difference. And so that listening, that's key. That is so key. I so much agree with what Justin is saying here. Um, James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak. And sometimes we get an opportunity to teach and we want to be telling them. And let me tell you, when people see it for themselves, it is much more effective than when we're speaking it there. Uh, and you don't know where they are and what they need to learn until you know what they know and what they don't know. Uh, is this person an atheist or they an agnostic? Uh, do they believe the Old Testament but not the New? Do they believe the Old Testament and the New? Are they more of a Pentecostal that's more about their feelings than the scripture? You know, it, it, there's lots of things. And by doing what Justin just said, you find out what they think. It's also polite. Yes. People appreciate a conversation more than being lectured at. So let's just remember these principles. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. If somebody of a, a different faith came up to you and they were trying to teach you, a Muslim, a Jehovah's Witness, whatever, how much would you appreciate them just talking at you, telling you what you're, you're supposed to believe? Mm-hmm. Not very much. Yeah. yeah. So let's not do that to people. And I would also feel as though they were assuming certain things about me and really that I was party to the conversation, but not actually part of the conversation. It's it's almost as though they're attacking an idea and yeah. I get to witness them attacking an idea rather than actually engaging me in a conversation about truth. So I think it's really important that we not just start, okay, well, all right, so here's my strategy for this kind of person, this kind of person, this kind of person. I also need to appreciate here's someone who has a story. You know, they have a background and and the Lord wants to save them. So they have different trials they're going through. They have different temptations. They have different uh, preconceived notions. And so I need to be gentle with them. Um, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 to be gentle with those who are opposing the truth. So I, I want to be thoughtful about speaking to them in a winsome way. I like what you said about loving my neighbor as yeah. myself. And you look at the teachings of Jesus. Jesus was a great teacher. By my count, Jesus asked 175 questions in the Gospels. And that's not duplicating where he did it in Matthew and Mark and Luke. 175 different questions. Wow. Is Jesus asking questions because Jesus doesn't know any answers? No. But it's an easy way to illustrate this is when they came up with the paying taxes to Caesar question. You know, he could have given a five minute lecture on the benefits that Romans brought 
in roads and peace and uh, different other benefits and why government is good and why there should be taxes. That would not have been nearly as effective as saying, show me the coin, Who's, whose picture is on it? That's a question. And they had to answer it. So who said the word Caesar? Right. Yeah. They did. They said Caesar. Or, or when he says, you know, uh, he'll tell this parable of the uh, uh, Good Samaritan at the end, which one proved to be a neighbor. Uh, and, and so what, what is in the law? How do you read it? Asking questions is so important. Here's another way to illustrate that. Um, years ago, if your car wasn't running right and you took it to a mechanic, he might say, eh, it could be the points, or it could be this, or you know, it might be the ignition, it might be this, and they'd been around, oh, you got a spark. You know what they do now? You plug, plug a computer in. Yeah, so I just got a car back from the shop today. The, uh, the hybrid motor water pump was back. They plugged in, and it told them what the problem was. Well, if you ask somebody that believes something unbiblical and you say, um, tell me your reasoning on that. Why do you believe that? Guess what? They'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and instead of assuming why they reject what the Bible says about baptism, ask. Maybe it's because they heard some silly Greek argument that's not true. Maybe it's because they're thinking the thief on the cross. Maybe it's because they're wedded to a particular theology. Maybe it's because their grandma was a really good person and she wasn't baptized. Very different. Yeah, that, that, that is so such a good illustration because the way you handle those conversations would be very, very different. If it's someone who has an emotional reason, I can, I can waste hours of conversation about scripture when really they just need to be reassured about God's love. In the Greek, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's an important conversation with people that are hung up there. So let's look at this other verse, Acts chapter 8. I love this verse so much. Um, Philip has been sent to the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch is reading Isaiah 53. He's traveled hundreds of miles to get there. He's on the way back. He's reading Isaiah 53. And he's reading about somebody that goes like a sheep to the slaughter. And he wonders who it is. And he asked Phil, you know, who's he talking about? Verse 35. So much in this verse. Yeah. What's the verse 35 say? Beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Oh, he opened his mouth. Yeah. We got to be willing to open our mouth. There's an opportunity. If we don't. 30 minutes later, we think, you know, I should open your mouth. Yeah. And then the second thing. Yeah, it began with that scripture. Yes, that's where he was. How silly if if Philip would have had his, you know, little plan and, in in you know, here's my personal evangelism study number one. <laughs> here's the unit in Isaiah 53. Hey, who's this? It goes like, what? We'll get to that later. Let's start. No. <laughs> he began with that scripture and preached Jesus. Now, now I'll just I'll I'll lay my cards on the table. I'm a really big fan of finding a book that works uh, with someone 
and just working my way through that book. And it takes longer a lot of times if you begin with Genesis or if you begin with Mark, you know, it takes time. And there've been times where we go, okay, let's start here. Let's study this passage, this passage, and, and we're, they've got specific questions. Um, but I'm a big fan of, of taking it slow and working through a passage so that they see it for themselves. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm concerned a lot of times with kind of piecemealing scriptures together, however effective that may be, but Jehovah's Witnesses do that oh, yeah. to make their points. And they, they call it, you know, a scriptural study. Well, but they're proof texting and I want not to do that. So I want someone to see, oh, there, there's there are there's no smoke and mirrors there are no curtains being held closed and curtains opened over here but but um there are a lot of those correspondence courses out there and there's some good ones yeah. and I'll, I'll hear from people saying well i i was brought to christ studying okay. one of those yeah so so i want to downplay that um and those things can be helpful they're, they're very useful but I, I would encourage us to uh, uh, to think about how can I use God's word and just use God's word to lead people to Christ. Yes. Um, and here's a little, going back to the thing about where to start, this will help illustrate as well. Very good man, uh, gospel preacher, uh, working in a foreign country uh, and uh, East Europe. And he'd been studying with the fellow for a while and they'd, looked at the problem of sin and the, the solution of Christ and how the Bible teaches to become a Christian and they've gone through baptism and the fellow wasn't responding and said, well, you know, what hinders you from being baptized? And I said, oh, I don't believe in God. Okay. Coming back to where we started. Right, you gotta listen. Yeah, it's like, like uh, you and a lot of guys I know like to do Mark. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can do have a great study by going through Mark. There's so many, you're going to get to know Jesus and it's going to build to the crucifixion, resurrection. And it's not going to take you as long as with some of the other gospels. Right. But if he doesn't believe in God, now he may, as he goes through there, start getting intrigued. But it would help right. to know that because it will affect what parts of Mark you, you know, emphasize. Right, right. If, if you're talking to with a Catholic, you're going to spend more time on chapter 7, where Jesus rejects sacred oral tradition and stands up for written scripture, than you are with an atheist, because that's not right. his issue. But there's going to be other parts of Mark where you're going to right. dig in deeper if you know he's an atheist. Right. Uh, so here, here's something that I do oftentimes. If I kind of know where the person is coming from, I will offer at the first study, I'll offer three or four choices. I'll say, and also I'll say, oh, first off, if you have any questions on your mind, we would be glad to study if you've got a question on your mind. Usually people don't, you know, but occasionally someone might say, yeah, I've been wondering about, well, man, I think it's helpful to start with what their question is. Because if I pick a subject, suppose I say, let's begin a study of Mark. But on their mind, they are really like, you know, is 
is this Armageddon, you know, or is the rapture about to happen and then Armageddon later and stuff, you know, if that's what they're obsessed with, you know, or, or something else, find out if they have a question. But then if they don't, I'll offer several choices. And I might offer, um, like, uh, studying a book, like you were talking about, or studying salvation, or studying, I, I like to study Proverbs. I just started last night, I had a second study with a guy on Proverbs. He's a young man. He's 25. Uh, he grew up not really a relationship with his dad. Um, and he, he's got some common sense. He's a good guy, but he's not a Christian. But he went to church some growing up, doesn't go anywhere now. Proverbs is a good book for him. And he's finding it, of course, very interesting. Um, go ahead. Well, and, and on that, that point, a lot of times we need things from God's word that we don't know we need. Yes. And so here's someone who who comes and they say, I've got a question about this, or I've, you know, th th their question is about the rapture. Okay. That's probably not their primary need, but they, they want to know about it. And so perhaps I can address that, but then we can talk about what they really need. But then what yeah. you've done with this, this guy in Proverbs, which I think is really, really cool. If, if someone can begin to, to see that God's word is good, yeah, and it gets them excited about studying God's word, That's and it. and you begin to meet them where they are by showing them, look, God knows exactly where you are in life. He's got good things for you. Here's a way to find it. Then they begin to see God's word as this treasure, and they want to keep opening it up. Uh, and, and that's what we want for people is we want them, maybe not in two, three quick studies, they're going to become a Christian. Our goal is not to make people disciples. Our, our goal is to uh, get people to grow to be more like Christ. Yes. And that's not a quick one-time decision. That is a lifetime of growth. And so we want people to be committed, not just to make a one-time decision. Yeah. And so in our study last night, like, we reference Christ and the blood of Christ and everything, but that's not what we're on right now. Mm -hmm. or, you know, that God has sent, we've all sinned, and God has sent his son to pay for our sins, et cetera. But, but what we're on is there. And so like we were in the, the second part of chapter one, wisdom crying in the street and nobody listened. Right, right. I asked him, I said, now think about, let's, let's see how this works out. I said, think about, pick one of four categories. I think we went with either money, pride, sexuality, or I uh, forgot the other one, uh, substance abuse. And he picked pride and then he picked sexuality. And so on pride, I said, okay, now think of people that you know that are not self-respect, but they're just proud, they're arrogant. Mm. How's that working for them? And he's thinking of some specific person. Yeah, no, not well. And I said, look, and, and then you think of these words about wisdom crying out, saying, listen, listen. But does that guy listen? No, he keeps not listening. And I said, and how, how many things is he, relationships he's destroyed already? How many are, is he going to destroy? You know, and then we switched and we did sexuality. Right, right, right. You know, and just, and he's thinking and seeing how the word applies. 
and it create you're creating an appetite you're getting people to see wow this really connects you know this is not just an old book that doesn't apply anymore it's an old book and it really applies well, well share with me a little bit um if, if you're if you get a chance to study with an atheist which i imagine our society is moving more and more that direction um if we can get someone to even consider that there's a god yep. that's a great triumph as it is but where would you begin with this person again you're going to ask questions right but, yep. but what are some possibilities oh, when, I, when i'm doing my street survey uh I'll, I'll ask people you know if you got one minute i got four questions and uh some people will agree to do it a good number actually and mo the first question is how would you uh consider yourself would you atheist agnostic you believe in god or something else that's question number one and then i show them the flow chart you know as they answer i've got a stack of them and i circle their answers and if i get a conversation afterwards i'll write down their name and number but most of them in the area i'm in i'll say believe in god some will say agnostic but occasionally i get an atheist and the atheist question is like this uh you be the atheist and okay. so, uh, more questions one minute do you have you've got one minute questions on uh, one minute. yeah one. i've got i've got time sure. okay. question number one uh which best describes you atheist agnostic believe in god or something else atheist okay question number two and that's there on my list you know which is the primary reason for you being an atheist you don't see any indication of design anywhere in the human body or in nature or b you object to morals or c you believe in science not things nobody's ever seen or d something else oh that's good yeah uh I, I like that line of questioning i would say d something else oh really okay yeah. they always always pretty much say c Oh, is that right? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got D in there just to be fair. <laughs> I asked them, what's your primary reason? And I list three. If that's not one of them, then they ought to be able to say the other. So one okay. guy did say D. I said, okay, what is that? And he said, suffer. That would be, yeah, that was, that's mine. Yeah. 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 And so, and, but the, now a conversation is beginning. Right. Uh, but usually they say C. They say, I believe in science, not things nobody's ever seen. Question number three, how do you believe, and notice I used the word believe. They're, they're not noticing what's happening here. Say, how do you believe life began on Earth? Hmm. Did it spontaneously arise from non-living chemicals? Or was it planted here from outer space? <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a C option? No, because it's one or the other. Yeah, both of those sound ridiculous, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it's one or the other. Yeah, uh, Francis Crick proposed panspermia that came from out of space, but a lot of them say, "Well, just some kids." So, and then your atheist is gonna say maybe uh, chemicals on Earth. Right. Last question. When you say you believe that non-living chemicals turned into life, is that believing in science or is that believing in something nobody's ever seen? Hmm. Yeah. 
And, and sometimes you might be someone, ah, you got me, or something like that. Uh, and one atheist, maybe the one that said suffering, he said, I like the way, I like your questions. I like the way that you do that. Well, and then what that does is it it gives the person an opportunity to see themselves. Yeah. Um, because you're not just saying it at them. You're actually inviting them to think about what they're thinking about. Because yeah. they may not even have realized Oh, I've got these thoughts and conclusions that are built on really flimsy ideas. One of my favorite things, and I haven't done it much this year. I need to get out and do some more of this on the streets more. But one of my favorite things is when after we've had our one minute, they go, or they get, question number four is always designed to get them to think. My favorite thing, other than if they agree to have a study, is at the fourth question, they'll go, that's a good question. Because now they pause to think. Because most people, most atheists, most agnostics, and a lot of religious people are not going through the day thinking about what the Lord wants them to do. Absolutely. Yeah. They're on autopilot doing their own thing. And they may not have thought about this in years. If I can, by asking questions, if I can get them to think. And you go, and sometimes you go, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Now, and then, you know, if they want to, they can stand around and we can talk more. And now you've got an opportunity. Now, if 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 I get a chance to talk with an atheist, here's where I'll start. I think you, you've got to get to something solid. Start from a point of agreement and build up. It's a little bit like one time uh, this house is about 130 something years old or whatever, uh, almost years ago, there was some termite damage. Um, when I had it resided, the guy took the siding off. He said, oh, Scott, look, and here's a bunch of old termite damage. And so I'm reaching up underneath and just pulling out this termite rotted wood. And I kept pulling it out until I got to solid wood. Right. Once right. I got something solid, then I started with, I was, and there was some stone construction down here and some, and then some lumber. I start reinforcing underneath, but I had to get to something solid. So um, I've often helped ask people to realize what if a Muslim walks up to you and says, you should understand Allah is God and Muhammad is his prophet. He said, why should I believe that? He said, it's right here in the Quran. You're not, you're not there to debate whether or not the Quran teaches Muhammad, but he's wasting his time with that line of argument because you don't accept the Quran. So get to something. So I like to start with atheists on three simple things. You know, and it basically has to do with the, that we exist. Hmm. This and we're here. Most everybody will agree on that, unless you got somebody into some really stupid, dishonest philosophy. Um, so, if that's so, how did we get here? Well, let's look at three simple rules. Number one, nothing comes from nothing. And, uh, imagine there had ever, 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 ever been absolutely nothing. No planet Earth, no solar system, no universe, no dot that's about to explode. 
no energy, no force, no intelligence. Right. You wouldn't have time, but just to try to imagine it, if there'd ever been absolutely nothing, what would you have 10 minutes later? Nothing. A billion years later. Yeah, nothing. Billion, you, you've got nothing. So the fact that there's something means there's always been something. Because if there had ever been absolutely nothing, there would still be nothing. Now we haven't identified what that something is. Maybe it's a little dense point that's going to blow up into the universe. Maybe it's energy. Maybe it's a piece of space dust. But there's got to be something. Right. And number two, life comes from life. And number three, and, and they say, well, you know, scientists say, if, if scientists could prove that life came from non-life, they could do it. You know, if you said, well, if you had the right chemicals and mixed it at the right temperature, you got chemicals, you got temperature-controlled labs, you know, do it. I, I like to give you a little stress, you know, take a squirrel, put it in a blender. Pour it out in front of a scientist. He has 100% of the ingredients for a squirrel. But that doesn't mean he can make a living squirrel out of it. He, he also has every reason to turn you over to the authorities for animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then the third point is intended purpose or, or intended design comes from an intentional design. And I, you know, there's, I, I've got the favorite things that I point out, but man, you know, whatever field you know about, whatever impresses you about nature. And I would also encourage, there's some amazing stuff you can get into about the cell on the uh, microscopic level and stuff. And that's super impressive. And some people, that'll be the thing that helps them. But for most people, they can't see that. And so that's still the unseen. So many things that we can see when Romans 1 was written. Right. You can't see God, but by looking at what he made, you can see the invisible. So pointing out what's right in front of people's face and getting them to think about it. And then if you can move a person from atheism to agnosticism, that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. If you move a person from agnosticism to believe that there must be a designer, that's progress. Right. I, I, I like that approach. Um, there are two other approaches that I might take with an atheist. And, and one is is beginning with the resurrection of Jesus. And someone might say, well, that, that seems like already you are banking on the Bible. But if we go from a historical standpoint and we're using the Bible, not like an inspired book, but we're using the Bible and other historical resources, and we start presenting some circumstantial evidence of the resurrection of Jesus, I like to begin there a lot of times. Because if Jesus is raised from the dead, uh, then Jesus is the son of God. That means there is a God. Um, and already you're, you're working on proving this. Some, something has happened outside of the natural realm that I can't explain, that can't be explained really any other reasonable way. Uh, so I'd like to begin there. But the, the other way, maybe the third way to, to think about studying with the atheist, um, 
I like to talk about the book of Ecclesiastes. Yeah. And just thinking about the meaning of life, because a lot of times we're we're dealing with people and they are they are they're frustrated with life, they're dissatisfied with life, or they think that life has some meaning and a particular purpose. But then if we can show them that it doesn't actually have the meaning they think it does, um, they'll begin to wonder, what am I here for exactly? Uh, and Ecclesiastes is great about pointing us to our need for God. And and if it's an atheist or an agnostic, like the Ecclesiastes study, I think would be real interesting. But it would be important to acknowledge at the beginning, so I'm approaching this as a Christian. Right. You're not. But I just invite you to look at this ancient document right and see what it says you know and so it's not like well it says it right there you have to believe it no he right he's not there but to evaluate it um how i'm curious about starting with the resurrection with an atheist because i think a lot of atheists would have the attitude like one atheist uh website has even if you look at the resurrection from a viewpoint of assuming this is history and how else would you explain this? They said, no matter how improbable some other explanation might look, anything that's scientifically possible is more probable than something that's scientifically impossible. Right. That crucified people don't get up and walk around. Right. So, um how does that how, do, um, how does that go well yeah how does that go? yeah yeah so so the one of the last people i studied with about this um they were it, it probably helps them in the sense that they were christian before okay. and then they began to disbelieve yeah. now to start with a cold atheist um it might not get them there immediately uh but I think it still might help them to see, hey, there's there's more reason for believing in the resurrection than I've already, I've, I've ever given it uh, credibility. So um, that, that might help. But what it's done is, is we talk through a lot of the circumstantial evidence. For example, you know, even skeptics believe that the tomb was found empty. Even skeptics believe that uh, there were uh, people who claimed to be eyewitnesses who were willing to die for what they they knew was not a lie um there were people who oh, oh by the way jesus really did die on the cross you know that even skeptics believe that um most and, and most, most, most the majority uh, and then uh there were some skeptics who who were against christianity but later converted to christianity like saul of tarsus for example right. and looking at those those simplistic points uh, the last last one I, I really studied this with um we got to the end of it and we talked through various answers and when we got done he said truth is i don't have a good answer for you um he said I, i'm still not convinced there's a god but i'm not convinced there's not because i don't have a good answer for this and that's progress that's progress yeah if he if he's moving from atheist to agnostic that's good if they move from agnostic to there's a creator that's good which doesn't mean they're believing the Bible yet, right. but it, it's in the right direction. And you and I both have a friend who was an atheist 
and there was a girl he was interested in. She was a Christian. And so he decided to read the Bible to prove to her that it wasn't true. And he started reading the Bible and ultimately convinced himself that it was. It backfired. Yeah. Yeah. So what about, in some ways, just maybe it's my personality, I would almost rather study with an atheist or an agnostic. Um, and, and part of that's because it's obvious we're working from different points of view. Yeah. But if you're meeting someone and maybe they're very conservative in their values, they believe in the Bible, they believe Jesus is the son of God, but they they are not New Testament Christians. That's a little more difficult to me. Um, again, I found it just really best to start with a, a text. I mean, maybe it's First Peter. You know, if it's someone who's really well versed in the scriptures, maybe it's First Peter, maybe it's Ephesians, maybe it's Romans, and just working through a text together and just read the Bible together. We make it more complicated than it is sometimes, but if we can just read the Bible together. Yeah. If it's a if it's a if it's a conservative evangelical Protestant, uh, you know, sinner's prayer, faith only type thing, I like to study Romans book. Uh, and you don't always have an opportunity to get through. You get somebody study a whole book, but let, let me say this because this I think is really vital. In my first study. I want to start with some common ground to know, I want to know something about them and know where to start. Right. I want them to hear something that will make them realize this would be worth doing again. Hmm. I back up and, you know, here's like a really committed, you know, they belong to kind of a mega church or Southern Baptist or, or, or whatever, and they're really, really involved. And I back up with Bible 101. The Bible is divided into the Old Testament. And, you know, I, I've got my spiel that I'm going to do because, and I'm not thinking about where they're at. At the end of the study, they're going to feel maybe talked down to. They're, they didn't learn anything. They're not going to want a second study. So I want to get to something where they are able to see something. I don't expect that they believe it because I said it. But then if they see it in the word and realize, oh, I didn't realize that. I, you know, I had not seen that before. Now they're more likely to want that second study. Yeah. And so a person like that, I love to study Romans with. Uh, that's that's my favorite book to study with someone like that. With a with a Catholic. My favorite book is Matthew, uh, okay. because you constantly come up with things where, well, in Matthew chapter one, they're going to read about that Joseph doesn't have relationships with Mary until Jesus is born. Well, that's interesting. In chapter two, we're going to see that the wise men come to a house when he's apparently a toddler. Not there with the shepherds. In right. chapter three, he baptized in the River Jordan. One of the last Catholics I baptized, we didn't get past chapter three before she was baptized. Um, but then chapter five, we're going to get. I love to study. Sometimes we'll just start with this. I'll offer study on the Beatitudes. Mm. So, wow, that's a very motivational text. Yeah. Uh, uh, but as you go through Matthew, uh, you're, you're going to get to Matthew 15 about. 
we go by oral tradition or scripture. Uh, you're going to get to Matthew 23. And so there's all kind of things in there. So different books for different people. Ecclesiastes can be a great spot. And sometimes uh, there's a study going on. Uh, last night I had a different study going on. Everyone make this one. So Dan takes that now when I'm uh, not there and such. We, they wanted to start in Revelation. So we did. But then we didn't spend forever there, and then we moved on. So now we've gone through, uh, you know, one of the Gospels, and now we're in Acts. And so, you know, I, I like to give people a choice, but it, it's good to get them into the Bible itself. And as they start learning, you know, they're learning directly from the Word. And we can continue to learn as they continue to learn. And we're sitting there together, getting into the Word of God. So maybe some, some takeaways here. Um, I, need to, I need to listen to people. Um, I need to start with some common ground so that we can build from there together. Uh, I need to study with the aim of, first of all, keeping them motivated to keep listening to God's word. Uh, and then finally, um, study with an aim at helping to make maturing disciples, not just getting somebody baptized. Oh yeah. Uh, but but helping them to grow to be more like Christ. One of my, my the favorite, a favorite thought of mine from a brother, um, who taught with me a lot about evangelism. Uh, he, he said that he approached every conversation as joining in with whatever God was doing in someone's life. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. And, and the idea is that God has been seeking the heart of this person for a lot longer than I have. And so if I can just listen long enough to find out what God's been doing in their lives and then try to join in with that, because I know what God's will is for this person. And I know God wants to save this person and wants to make them more like Jesus. And so if I can join in with that, then it is a productive, uh, productive study. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's probably about all the time we have, but you have something else, Scott, closing? One real quick thing. Work with the person instead of talking down to them. Yeah. Because I'm a person who has sinned against God, needs God's grace, and needs to follow God's will. They're a person who has sinned against God, needs God's grace, follows God's will. And if we approach it like that together and let's look into the word, that's a very different feel than talking down to people and expecting people to believe that make, making ourselves the standard. Don't make yeah. the standard. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. Makes me think of Isaiah 2 where it says, you know, come let us go up to the Mount of the Lord. Um, it is we all need Jesus. And so we're just trying to help people go where we're trying to go ourselves. Really helpful discussion today, Scott. Hope it's been helpful for everyone tuning in. And if you did find it helpful, uh, please share with others. And again, if you have thoughts or questions that you'd like uh, for us to discuss in future studies, you can visit us at our website, biblequest.tv. Thanks for joining in. And uh, until next week, Lord willing, God be with you. We'll see you then. That didn't take a while. <laughs>